Good morning, and welcome to More Than a Few Words, a small business podcast focused on small business owners like you. If you're a little confused because you are not hearing the normal dulcet tones of our fearless leader, Lorraine Ball, you're not wrong. This is Allison Carter speaking in for the woman, the myth, the legend, while Lorraine is off on a business trip, but we might just get a call from her here shortly. We're joined here today by my, co- by, uh, my co-host, Joe Little. Hi, everyone. Thanks for stopping in. We appreciate you listening. And our guest today is the well-known cyber bully and community activist, um, Stephen Shattuck. Stephen, are you on the air? I'm here. Hey, Stephen. Sorry for the little late start. Some technological difficulties. Um, we're so are we glad to have you on the air this morning. Um, as some of you may know, Stephen is involved in so many different aspects of life in Indianapolis. Besides juggling his job as a marketing specialist at BC Forward, he also serves on various committees with Heartland Film Festival, the Irvington Halloween Festival, Startup Weekend Indy. Am I missing any, Stephen? Uh, Sakoa, Central Indiana Council on Aging. Oh, I didn't even know that um, one. <laughs> yeah. So as you I can have see, my claws and lots of things. That is very true, and he does all of this while um, also playing dad to a baby that is just about three months old. So I'm going to get yeah, you. Yeah, and he's here in the room with me. So. Oh, is he really? Hey, Wes. He may chime in, but he's usually he may. pretty Very good. Well, we wanted to talk to Stephen about how he manages to run all of these, well, not run, but take part in all of these community organizations with um, sometimes, um, I'm going to guess, some pretty tight funding challenges. And some Definitely. So, um, you know, talk to us a little bit. First of all, why are you involved in different organizations? What prompted you to do that? Um, I think that the organizations I'm involved with, um, I'm invested in their mission somehow. So, for example, um, I live on the east side. I'm a homeowner on the east side. So I live just north of Irvington. So all the things I'm involved with in Irvington, it's because I care about the neighborhood. Um, you know, I, I own a home. I have a proper, I have property values I need to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the area. I'll probably be sending kids to school in the area. So I, I care that it, it does well. Absolutely. Um, so what about the other ones, like maybe Heartland Film Festival and Startup Weekend Indie? How did you get, how did you get involved with those? Uh, Heartland, I am a, I'm a film school dropout. So I've always loved movies, and I I saw I saw an, an open application for being a a documentary screener. I think it was on Facebook a few years ago, and I applied, and I was chosen. So that kind of happened sort of quickly. Um, with Startup Weekend. Whoa. Startup Weekend. Was that what was that? That was weird. That was um, me being new at running the board. <laughs> nothing to mu- nothing to worry about. So with Startup Weekend. Uh, Startup Weekend. I think that I don't remember exactly how I got involved. I I must have had a I met with Lorraine at a networking thing or something, and um, found out that she was involved with it, and I was I was curious about it, so I attended one. And I think after I had gone to that first one, I was sort of hooked on the idea and um, had so much fun at it and made so many friends that I wanted to stay involved. Absolutely. Now, I understand that in most of these organizations, you do have more of a communications marketing role. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's sort of my my expertise, so I try to apply that mm-hmm. to my volunteerism. So of these organizations, which one is the toughest for you to kind of sink your claws into and, and kind of get the word out about? Well, they're all different, and this mm-hmm. is this conversation is timely because right now we're gearing up for the 65th annual Halloween Festival, which runs the 22nd through the 29th of this month. And then when that's over, Startup Weekend is only a few weeks away from that. And while I'm doing all of this, Leah, my wife, is planning her yearly fundraiser at her job. She works at a nonprofit. So as these three three things are going on, the planning for them is very different. And it it has struck me just in the last week leading up to to this podcast how those are so different. The Halloween Festival is a week-long series of events in Irvington. And Startup Weekend is sort of a a smaller, um, more condensed, you know, 54-hour event. And then Leah's thing is is a yearly fundraiser, which is a black tie dinner. So... You know, the the communications methods and needs and goals are drastically different for everything. And that's true. Absolutely. Me. I mean, and it sounds like even the, the, the tactics that you would have to take to reach all these diverse audiences would have to be very, very different for each event. Yeah, definitely. There's different stakeholders involved for all, different communication challenges. For the Halloween Festival, we're a little spoiled. It, it's it, it's going to be our 65th year of it. People in Irvington know about it. Um, they kind of know what to expect. So the challenge isn't so much getting people to go. In fact, we've experienced record growth just in the last year. We went from 8,000 attendees to 12,000 attendees oh. in one year. So actually one of the challenges is maybe getting less people to show up, if, that's, if that makes any sense. But wow, that is, we, that's not the normal kind of challenges we hear about, getting less people yeah. to show up to an event. Yeah, so how do you talk, go about doing that? Uh, I don't know. We're, <laughs> we'll see if it works this, this time around, and I can report back. Um, but the challenges there are keeping the festival, the events fresh, mm-hmm. because sometimes people kind of get used to the same old thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then with the advent of social media, we're doing a lot more sort of things with logistics, getting people to the right places, getting volunteers involved, um, answering questions on Facebook from people who are going. Um, So those are sort of the event challenges there, whereas Startup Weekend, the challenge is getting people to attend because it needs to be explained a little bit more Mm -hmm. because we're trying to, you know, the startup people, they get it. They kind of know what it's about. But we want to also attract, like, graphic designers and marketers and people with law backgrounds, and they most likely have never heard of Startup Weekend and don't really understand what it's about. So our our challenge there is sort of communicating what it is and why it's fun and why it's valuable and why you should go. So So this is a really interesting lesson for small business owners. You have to know what your communications goals are. Your communications goals aren't to talk to everyone. Maybe it's to provide logistical support on the ground like it is for Irvington, or maybe it's more of an educational component just to get those butts in the seats. So that's, uh, yeah. I think that's a really important distinction there. Joe, you had something to say? Yeah. Uh, as an organization that works mostly with you know companies and marketing for them, what's different 
being more of a community event-focused marketing approach? Um, I think that in a community event, people people live in the community. People don't live at Startup Weekend. Does that make sense? So people Absolutely. have different concerns. You know, we're going to shut down the street for a whole Saturday, and we may block people's access to, you know, the bank that they go to, or they may have to take a, a route around the street to get to their house. So there's a lot of challenges in communication there. Um, a lot of it is just easing people's minds that it's going to be okay, it's not going to be disruptive, and it's going to be fun and valuable for the community overall. Absolutely. Uh, I think that that is a great point. Um, I know that a lot of what you do does involve, as we briefly discussed, social media, and you mentioned using it in a logistical way for the Irvington Halloween Festival. Now, have you done that in the past, or is that new this year? That's it's not new this year, but it's it's new for the festival. Like I said, we this is the 65th year, and probably two years ago is when we really started hitting social media um, heavily. Mm-hmm. Before. You know, we didn't have a Facebook page or a Twitter account. We had a website, but it was just sort of a, a blog. It didn't, it couldn't really hold like the kind of dynamic content we're doing now. And then email marketing is a big one recently. Um, we're capturing people who are interested in being vendors, sponsors, volunteers, and communicating with them through email versus people just sort of calling and writing, and it's it's a lot harder. And another thing is we've done online registration for vendors, so we're taking payments online. So a lot of things have gone online, which is cut down on paper and mailed checks and and all these things that can cause problems. Interesting. And I understand that kind of uh, this push seems to have had some good effects on, say, for instance, your um, selling booth space at the festival. Is that right? Yeah, I think we sold out. In, in, like, July, which was a record for us, usually people are still mailing checks in, you know, up to the last week. So we were able to sort of finish that and be done with it and sort of concentrate on other things versus just this mad dash towards the finish. So, so it's really important was, to know just how important automating those systems can be and how those can help you get paid faster. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So something that I know you do a lot of is, you know, you do the social media leading up to the event, the marketing, the communications, and I know you do a lot of video production. Can you talk about some of the projects you've worked on or continue to work on? Yeah, video is, well, I drink the video Kool-Aid, obviously, because I have a a background in video production. Um, I think it's the best way to sort of communicate those unknowns. So Startup Weekend, for example, um, the the first time I was involved with it, we knew my role was just going to be to shoot a ton of video at the weekend, shoot what goes on, interview people, interview the attendees, the judges, the sponsors, and just figure out why everyone was was involved and having a good time. So with that footage, we were able to put together promo videos that sort of explain the concept of the event to those people that we want to attract, the graphic designers and the marketers and the non-startup people. So they were able to see what goes on, like what it looks like. They were able to see that people were having fun, that they were making friends. And also we can use that video to attract new sponsors because we're able to say, here's all the great companies that are giving money and why they're involved, and you should be too. 
So video is really important. Um, and even with the Halloween festival, we're able to make a video for each of the events. We have maybe 10 or 12 events during the week. And for someone who hears, you know, Halloween festival, what goes on, they're able to see it and hear it and, and see what's going on. And they're more, more likely, I think, to take the leap to event to attend the event for the first time because they kind of they kind of see what it's all about and they see that it might be fun versus you know I can actually personally vouch for that I've been involved with, yeah. a, with a large company here in Indiana or outside of the Indianapolis area looking to break into the market when they were looking for events to sponsor it was great that when I could show them the Irvington Halloween page I could show them video of last year's events and say this is exactly what's going to be be going on. This is what you can expect. And they really appreciated yeah. that level of knowledge before they bought the sponsorship. Absolutely. And it, it, in past attendees, it helped with vendors, too, because when we went out to attract vendors, they could see that there were 10,000 people looking at all the vendors last year and that you had a lot of space and there was a lot of activity. So people wanted to be involved with that versus just saying, you know, hey, do you want to buy a booth space? We have a lot of people and take that leap of faith, but we can actually prove visually that it is well attended and it, and it would be worthwhile for you to come and be a part of it. Kind of that old marketing maxim and writing maxim as well, show, don't tell. Uh, you know, people yeah, will only believe you so much, so. Yeah, and that's, uh, but the and more that's, that you can show them, the better it is. That translates to things beyond just events and community marketing. I mean, businesses can do that. Companies looking to hire can do a culture video and show what it's like to work in an office or work at that company. Um, churches can do it to sort of show, like, what goes on at their church and, and the style of worship and things like that. So, like, it translates to everything in terms of marketing, I think. And that's why video is so critical. What is your favorite video that you've ever done for one of these community organizations? What's the best one? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I really like the startup, the startup weekend promo. Um, I think that was really effective, and it was sort of lighthearted, and it was kind of funny and fast-paced. I really like that one. But I really do have a lot of fun going out during the Halloween festival. My role during the week is to just go out and and bring the camera and interview people and shoot footage. And I have a lot of fun doing that because people are happy to be there. They're excited about the event, the events, and it's just a lot of fun. Hey, Wes, I hear uh, I hear the, the littlest Shattuck chiming in there yeah, in the back. Um, we would love to take any of your questions or comments about community marketing. Feel free to give us a call at 805-285-9865, or you can tweet us on Twitter with the hashtag MTFW or direct it at either Roundpeg Roundpeg or at Allison L. Carter. We would love to take your questions. So, Stephen, uh, that, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> well, my question is, uh, knowing that you know Twitter is mostly full of business professionals, and with community events, you're you're speaking to you know people of the community. Uh, how much engagement uh, have you been able to get with different events you've done? Well, I guess it. I guess it. it how do you define engagement? Because with Startup Weekend, there's not a lot of activity on social media, for example, until the weekend starts. So we're able to like live live blog 
and we're posting videos and pictures as the event happens so that people who couldn't go can follow along during the event. And there's a lot of conversation going on. Um, versus Halloween, for example, there's a lot of activity leading up to the event and then it sort of drops off during and after, um, which is interesting. So with Halloween, we're, we're sort of directing people and explaining things and telling people when things are happening and where versus Startup Weekend, which is sort of a live broadcast, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think, it's, I think that we should remember that just because people aren't interacting directly doesn't mean they aren't listening, particularly on Twitter. I think that half of all people with Twitter accounts never post a single tweet, but that doesn't mean that they aren't logging in, watching you, and listening, particularly if it's, yeah. about, if it's going on on their own back doorstep. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the, the different networks on social media lend themselves to different kinds of events. So Twitter and Facebook are great for startup weekends. Um, Twitter isn't terribly useful for Halloween, but it may be, you know, in the coming years. And with Lita's event, for her big fundraiser, which is a black tie dinner, social media doesn't really factor into it because she's doing a lot of direct email, direct mail invitations because she has a very targeted list of people that she wants to attend that dinner. And it can't just be a free-for-all or else they're not going to get the kind of people to come in and attend and donate that they want to. So you really have to understand who your audience is and what you want to communicate before deciding the delivery method of that communication, if that makes Couldn't sense. Couldn't agree more. We have a question from your hometown. He wants to know, have you ever surveyed any of your previous volunteers or vendors to gauge their experiences with the Halloween festival in particular? We haven't, but that's something that we, we are going to do um, before the – we, this year is the first year we're sort of implementing online registration and email. So we have an email list of people who have volunteered. Um, I think that will I think that will happen in the coming years, and it's really important that we do that. Um, for Startup Weekend, there's always been sort of a polling mechanism of people who have attended, and we're able to use that feedback to sort of improve the event for next time. And do you, do you really take that that feedback into account, what you do have, and use it to, to change in the future? Yeah, definitely. For Halloween, one of the biggest problems has been parking. So mm. uh, that's something we concentrated on this year. We're going to have a, a shuttle system that's going to be able to take people from a, a larger lot, sort of a little bit farther away from the festival, and just take people there so they don't really have to worry about parking and walking. Um, so Facebook is really really handy for that because people aren't, are not afraid at all to air a grievance or complaint <laughs> on a social media channel. So if you're going to, if you're going to open up social media as part of your mix for event promotion, just make sure you have that sort of crisis communication plan in place and know what you want to do for responding and who's going to respond to complaints and how is it going to be handled and are you going to remove certain comments or block people? Like that all has to be very defined before you create a Facebook page, I think. So I, I completely agree with you on every level there. But I got to ask if I'm if, a, if you don't want to answer this, you of course don't have to. But 
how do you set up that plan when you're working all volunteers, like with the Halloween Festival? Is it you managing the Facebook page? Is there a committee? Um, who who makes sure that those those grievances are taken care of and stuff that maybe needs to be deleted is? Well, that's a good question, and I would take a step back and say that it's important if you want to volunteer for something that you be in it for the long haul because it's really hard to have just a person who's there for one event, one year, or biannually, and then leaves because there isn't that sort of long-term commitment and planning. So that goes into your, your, your question, I think. There have to be people who are involved in the long term who can volunteer for one year and stick around to fix those problems for next year and put that plan together. So, you know, it's fine if, if you want to volunteer for something to pad your resume or whatever, and I've certainly done that. But it's it's really important that you sort of get involved with something that you're passionate about so that you can stick around at least for an extended amount of time or else everything is going to suffer. If you have a new marketing or communications person every year, the messaging is going to change and people are going to be treated differently in terms of um, people airing grievances or whatever. Yeah. So it's important that you have sort of a stable long-term committee. And that's really true in any communication setting, whether you're working in a business or a volunteer setting. The more stability that you can have in that communications arena, the more consistent, the more in voice, and the more responsive your communications strategy overall is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. So how how do you manage to juggle all of these, for instance, Twitter accounts that I know that you manage, communications plans that you have to do? How do you juggle all of that with, you know, with the different social media tools, just keeping everything straight, not posting to the wrong accounts? How do you logistically do that? Um, uh, two things. The tools are helpful. Um, things like TweetDeck where you can have multiple accounts and switch back and forth between them. Um, with ease. Is, the tools are important, but also just having a team in place. So for Startup Weekend, there's three of us that manage the Twitter accounts and the Facebook pages and have access to the blog. And we, you know, we all met months ago leading up to the November, November events, and we know what needs to be done, and we kind of agreed on, on the voice for the accounts and, and the kinds of things we're going to post so putting the team in place is important, and just meeting and getting on the same page with everyone is really critical because, you know, if one person is managing all these accounts, mistakes are going to be made. Um, but also if you have multiple people, you all have to be on the same page. It's very critical. Can you discuss some of uh, maybe the analytics you use and how you gauge, you know, whether or not uh, an event was successful? Um. Yeah. Well, analytics with with the Halloween festival, um, we track the website hits uh, for sure, and obviously there's a huge spike in October. Um, I think feedback on the social media channels is a good way to analyze if things were successful. That's just you know we had a lot of attendees and a lot of sponsors and a lot of vendors. Um, I I think you can sort of gauge the overall mood of the event. Uh, through social media really well versus just sort of those cold numbers 
you know, that, a, that website traffic analytics give you. Um, so sort of looking at those and, and maybe making some determinations, um, that's really how we do it, I would say. So you're saying that it's not just the quantitative, this many people are following us, this many people interacted with us, this many people clicked through the website, but it's really taking a step back and looking at the qualitative data and what people are actually saying. So who cares yeah. if people are talking about you if they're saying how much you suck? Right. I've never really cared, like, how much how many followers or fans your channel has, like that that doesn't really get my juices flowing as much as, you know, we post something and how much feedback there is and the quality of the comments and, and did people like it or not. Um so I don't I don't really pay attention to those those numbers as much as what's being said. With all of our rush to uh you know find the ROI of social media, I think that part of it often gets lost in the shuffle that it's just as important to have that human element and really break it down from a word standpoint as opposed to a number standpoint and see what people are saying. Uh, I think yeah. that that often gets lost these days, unfortunately. And, and if, if I go out there on the 29th and, and Washington Street is full of people, like, I'll feel good about it. If mm -hmm. I go to Startup Weekend and we sell all 120 uh, spots or however many we have, I'll feel good about it. And you know, if if we, if our team goes on and wins the global, like that's the stuff that matters, really. Um, so I don't get too hung up on how many likers or followers we have. It's it's more about the conversation. Completely agree with you. Well, we're running out of time for this week's episode, Stephen. I want to give you a chance to plug all the stuff that you're involved with. What do you want to tell us about what you're doing? Um, Halloween Festival, October 22nd through the 29th. Um, check us out, Irvington Halloween. Bring your family, family-friendly events all through the week. Uh, on Saturday, there's a big street festival. There'll be kids' events in the library. There'll be 160 vendors selling crafts, food, all kinds of things. Um, startup Weekend, if you're a startup entrepreneur. Sorry, kind of guy, again. Startup Weekend is Thank November you. 18th through the 20th. Um, we are actively seeking entrepreneurs, developers, programmers, designers, marketers, pretty much everyone we need. So come out. It's a good time. We'll feed you. <laughs> and the food is always pretty good at Startup week, uh, Weekend. I believe last time you guys even had yaks. Yeah, we had yaks. The food is really good. And that's actually one of the most – we get a lot of feedback on that. Like we communicate that we feed you over 40, over 54 hours. And that makes a difference in a lot of people's minds. Hey, it's I've done Startup Weekend. It's such a long period of time. You need to be well yeah. fed to keep your energy up. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're almost out of time. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. Stephen, for taking time out of his insanely busy day to talk with us. Um, my co-host, Joe, for hanging out. I'd like to remind you all that you can check out this podcast again at our website, roundpeg.biz. You can connect with Stephen on Twitter at Stephen, Stephen with a V, Shattuck on Twitter, and you can check us out at Roundpeg. This has been another edition of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.